0: Your Bible, John 15, verse 5, is where we're going to start, but let's pray and we'll get right to work. Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for the beauty of the morning and thank you for what you're doing collectively all around us. The changing of the seasons reminds us that you're a God who never changes, but you move us from place to place. And Lord, thank you for what you're doing, the lives of your people watching whether in the building or at home right now, thank you that you neither slumber nor sleep. You're always active, working for our good, even when we don't see it. So, Lord, we recognize you as the Lord of all. You're over everything. And we choose to sit under your leadership, not because you're forcing us. We want you to guide us because who else has the words of life other than you, Jesus? No bun. So God, open our eyes to see ears, to hear what you're saying and doing so that we could actually live it out this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, with me, amen. amen. Welcome home. Thanks for the clap. I'll take it. Welcome home. Uh, that's, the, that's what we hope you feel when you walk in or you're greeted online. We hope that this is a welcoming place. And in this short series, we're as a church looking at how we can become the most welcoming people in our city how many of you know after a couple of years of all of the negative news wouldn't it be great to have people that you bumped into regularly who were helpful hopeful um, encouraging positive what if in a world that's saying right now stay away they may have the virus and i'm not making light of it but the side part of what's happening is we're pulling further and further away from each other rather than drawing into each other to encourage one another. So what we want to do is to be the most welcoming people that God made us to be in the end so that people can experience life in Jesus. All right, week one, we looked at what welcome is. What is welcome to Jesus, right? What does that look like? What does it mean to be a welcoming person? Well, We saw that Jesus invited people that no one else would invite. Jesus welcomed people that others looked past or hated. So that's hopefully a challenging word that welcoming is more than just finding people who look like, act like, talk like you, but rather because of Jesus, we have the power and the desire to invite anyone in because everyone matters to God. Week two, we looked at how. How do do we actually do this? And we threw up a phrase that we got from the Bible, our eldership team, our staff team. We put together a phrase that helps guide us to make sure, how are we on track in helping people experience life in Jesus? Well, it's this, together we learn to follow Jesus, love one another, and share the good news. For us, welcome is about together following Jesus, and we explored that last week, it's on the podcast if you want. We want to grow in loving one another. That's what it means to be welcoming. Yes, we want to build close friendships. We want to learn to follow Jesus. But the way we follow Jesus is we obey his commands. But we also want to be about what Jesus was about. And that's what we're going to focus on today. The third part of that phrase. What does it mean for us to be a people who are together sharing Good news. Well, I said John 15, John 15, verse 5. This is a recap from last week. I'm the vine, Jesus said, and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then the disclaimer apart from me, you can do nothing. If we want to become a welcoming people, this is going to grow from our dependence on. Jesus and his ability. And so the metaphor we saw from last week is Jesus is the fulfillment of everything God was doing. He's the vine, the true vine. What, what God's people were supposed to be, Jesus is in full. But how does God want to show the world his love? He has branches. And so you and I are connected to the perfect one. And Jesus says, if you remain, we saw remain last week is if you stay, if you dwell, if you lodge, some of your translations may say abide, which sounds churchy, so it's hard to understand, if you reside in me, and I in you, in other words, if if you choose to follow me, by the way, I want closeness with you then you're going to bear much fruit. What does it mean for us to be fruitful? We know together we want to learn to follow Jesus, but it's about more than information. I hope that here you grow in learning who God is and what Jesus is like and who you created to be. But knowledge alone doesn't transform us. That's why Jesus said, you need to love one another. That My command is this, love one another. As I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Real, tangible expressions of love is what shows one another and, and the world around us that we actually belong to Jesus. Because Jesus didn't just come teaching information. He showed in his life the way that we were created to live. Jesus says, whatever you see for me, I only... I only do what the Father's doing. God's life has been shown. The way we're supposed to live has been shown to us in the person of Jesus. And so we grow by learning. But learning involves practicing. We practice love for one another. So living this way is the proof we're really his disciples. Now this isn't a scare tactic. But it is an important reality. I don't need to hear if you're following Jesus. I just need to look. You can say all the right things and still not show the love of God the Father and the love of God the Son and the love of God the Holy Spirit. You can say you're close to following him and all I have to do is look at the pattern of the fruit in your life. Vine, branches. Branches produce what? Fruit. Now, today I want us to think about The third dimension, what it means to share the good news, and it's John 15, 16. We looked at it last week, but we didn't explain it. You didn't choose me, Jesus says. I chose you, appointed you, that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that's going to last. And so that whatever you ask, in my name, says Jesus, the Father will give to you a welcoming home, a welcoming church, is a place where it's safe and people feel comfortable asking real questions about God and the Bible and Jesus and what's true so that together we can learn to follow and look, if you don't have it together, fantastic. I know most of the people in this church community, no one has it together here fully. We're all growing. We're all learning. We're all all seeing that Jesus is making a difference week by week, year by year in our lives. So we don't have it together, but as we do this, Jesus said, I want something from you. I want you to be a fruitful place. So I love the metaphor of home because home is not the place where you go and stay forever, minus the last 18 months, okay? Home pre-COVID was what? The place where you would eat and sleep and recharge. It's the place where you would welcome and invite and grow friendships. You know, it's a place of safety and comfort so that You can actually go out to the workplace or school or just the neighborhood and live as an energized person, right, who's ready to help people. And in the same way, I want us to think of this as a church. Church is a welcoming home, a place where we come around the table and we eat together and we love one another and we relax together and we challenge one another, sometimes annoying one another. That's just part of challenging one another. But church is a place where we're sent from. We go out, and that's the metaphor of the vine connects to the branch, but the, the branch produces fruit, which is taken and is useful. Friend, you are useful to Jesus. You have a place in this world that God's designed for you, not just to flourish as an individual, but to actually help others to encounter their reason for living and how to follow Jesus. So two kind of driving questions from this that we didn't look at last week to wrap up the series. What does it mean to bear fruit? What is that actually? And and then how how do we ask in his name? And Jesus says, he's gonna, the Father's gonna give it to us. That seems scarily open-ended, doesn't it? Whatever you ask in my name, says Jesus, because you're connected to me already, the Father's going to give it to you. Well, in order to do that, we read all of the Bible. So all you have to do is if you're wondering what's the fruit and what does it mean to ask in his name, just go back one chapter. I said John 14, and we'll start in verse 12. John 14, 12 is what's going to help us answer what does it mean to be a people who together share the good news? What is that, what is that fruit bearing? What does that look like? Very Truly I tell you, Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. you may ask me, he's, he's assuming they don't understand him. You may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus promised that his disciples would. Together do greater things than him. Greater things in my name. What are the greater things? I, I want us to think about this because this sounds almost too good to be true. Whatever you ask in my name, you will do greater things. I think, although there are many nuances of what this might mean, I think the central thing, if you read John 14, 15, and 16, is Jesus is anticipating he's going to give his life for us. So he's telling his disciples in advance What I'm doing is wonderful. No one like me, says Jesus. He uniquely is God made human. He uniquely can pay for the sins that I have committed. I am unclean. You are unclean because we've abandoned God at every level. And we live in a world that's abandoned God. So how are you going to reach him? So God comes and says, well, I'm going to live this perfect way. And pay this perfect price so that anyone who receives this grace and this mercy Jesus died and rose again to bring us back to God. No greater love is anyone than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus says, you're my friends. This morning, I want to remind you, you matter to Jesus. And he, already in love, gave himself so that you could be made right with God. Isn't that good news? That's such good news. So you're like, "Mm, it's okay. This is great news. Like, why are we not ecstatic about a God who loves us this way, that even while we're still rebelling, he chooses to sacrifice for us. This is is crazy. But I think what Jesus is really hinting at is, as he's with his 12 and his closest, he knows he's not going to be there much longer, and that's going to be discouraging, because who's like Jesus? But Jesus says, look, you need to know, when I go you, the group, he didn't say it to one of them, he says it to all of them. You, the group, are going to do greater things. I think part of the greater things is that Jesus was in only in one place at one time. Do you know there are millions upon millions that Jesus never talked to when he was here? We read the Gospels and we think we talked to everyone. He lived in the land called Israel, everyone outside of it never saw him. But he knew when he rose again that the very Spirit that was enabling Jesus to do the Jesus stuff, like Jesus walks on water by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's really human. Humans can't do that. The power of the Spirit enabled. He told the wind to cease, and and it stopped. He took bread and fish and saw thousands and said, everyone eat as much as you want. There'll be leftovers, because he, he multiplied this food. Lazarus is dead, and he says, come out of the grave And he does. No one like Jesus. But what Jesus says, he has to be there for those things to happen. Now, I'm going to go to the Father to prepare a place for you and for everyone who will follow me. And collectively, I think part of the greater things and the reason the church really matters and we should never underestimate the importance of the local church is that Jesus said collectively, together, learn to follow me. Together, love one another. And together, you, you, here, are going to share this wonderful love with more people than Jesus ever did himself. Amen. Do you know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a, I'm not, not like, look at me. I have shared with more people face to face than Jesus. And I'm a nobody, man. And you, in your lifetime, can be together with God's people, more impactful numerically than Jesus was himself face to face. Does that make us greater than Jesus? Are you kidding me? No. He's the savior. But I think what Jesus is anticipating is when my people realize if they belong to me, they're gonna gonna do greater things. And so I wonder, in this world that's just so jacked up right now, if we, his kids, could embrace This reality, Jesus' vision for our lives is that greater things would happen in our lifetime. Greater things. Jesus is not done with this world. Jesus is not done with people. And as long as there's breath in people's lungs, there's an opportunity for them to experience the love of God and transformation in Jesus. I just wonder, because I know Jesus believes this. I wonder if you do. I wonder if you actually believe that Connectedness to Jesus means my life can matter for something bigger than a paycheck, bigger than a house, and bigger than a vacation, and bigger than an Instagram feed. My life can matter because God can use me and you together to help people go from death to life, from the enemy to God. And this, my friends, is the heartbeat of the church, and we need to reshare it Because I think COVID has so confused us about what's important we wanna establish. Church is a welcome, a welcoming place. There's a welcome mat saying, anyone, come follow him. All right, what is sharing the good news? What What does that look like? I'm gonna just recap what we're doing because some of you are so new to our community. You have no idea we're already doing this. What does it look like we're sharing the good news? What is that about? Uh, together, we as a church believe that our, our primary objective is to help everyone know who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and that they're welcome to follow him as well. As a matter of fact, you know, if there's one thing we do as a church, this is what we're going to do. Because it's why Jesus came at the end of his life. He's about to go to the Father and he says to the disciples, go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them. I'm sending you Jesus. I'm with you to the end of the age. What I want you to do is to take what you've learned and get it out to others. Uh, we call it the work of evangelism, good news sharing. Um, some of you may not know this because I, I, I haven't been loud about it, but I'm, I'm really not a pastor. Um, sorry to disappoint you. I'm not a good one. Um, really in terms of calling, my real calling is as an evangelist. and An evangelist is simply someone who's passionate about sharing Jesus with others and mobilizing people to do the same thing. I happen to be an elder at a church, and people classify that as pastor. There's a lot of words that, who cares, right? My primary goal here is to see you following Jesus and helping people do the same. And so for that reason, we've been, we've been about the work of evangelism. Just in a couple of weeks, in early November, I'll be in, in northern Romania. It got postponed because of COVID, working with a group of churches to share the good news there. We do it here at home with what's called Good News Today, and we're passionate. It's about, it's about spending time and energy to create spaces for people to think about Jesus. We partner with the Palau Association uh, who are a group of evangelists who partner with churches around the world to share the love of Jesus with Paul, based out of Twin Cities in Minneapolis, a good friend of mine, Nick Hall, who's passionate about telling people about Jesus. Um, unfortunately, for many people, this becomes back burner. And for us, it's like the driving engine. Every It ought to be hard to live a life without Jesus in our neighborhood, because we're there. It ought to be hard in our city for people to avoid Jesus because there we are, those wonderful, kind, welcoming, annoying people who want people to experience life of Jesus. You're like, I don't know if I'm there yet. That's okay. Just need to know that's what this church is about. It's totally okay. Because I think following Jesus leads to helping people follow Jesus. We want to plant new churches. Jesus said his church would never end, the gates of hell won't prevail against it. You know, and I'm proud to say, in our short 10-year history, we helped plant a church in northern Uganda that we're still involved with today. We helped a church uh, in, in Eastern Europe, it's very uh, close to the gospel in Estonia called Vineyard Tallinn. We helped plant a church in Raleigh, North Carolina. We helped church, a church called River Bend, planted in Bend. Duh, River Bend. And then another one called River's Edge in Spokane. We helped plant two churches called Park Hill and Neighbors in San Diego. We're, we're actively involved in helping see new churches started as well as helping other churches in Scotland and in England and in Ireland and other places. We're emphatic. As a matter of fact, much of what you give to God's work goes to do this kind of work. We want to we tell people about Jesus. Some of you encountered Jesus here, and that means church matters It matters, and it ought to matter to us. And so part of this is just recalibrating as we think about what it means to follow him. This might not be your personal passion yet. You just need to know sharing the good news and planting new Jesus places is the heart of God. All right, we want to also just show the love of Jesus. So for us, what does it mean to share the good news? It means we share the message. Jesus died and rose again to rescue sin-filled people. It's that simple, but we also demonstrate it. Because of your love, 200 of you sponsor a child at that church in Arua, Uganda, because it's really hard to pay for school fees and medical care, and a future isn't possible without partnership, and so 200 of you are doing that. We support Intentional Parents, which helps equip parents to raise raise passionate Jesus followers. We support the work of Remember New, which is an organization we love because it's focused on helping children, young girls and young boys, avoid the sex trade. And it's an important work of doing prevention through local churches and organizations to make sure little kids are not sold. There are, Now, are these the only ways you could do it? No, but these are the ways and more that we're doing it. But even here locally, when it comes to showing and sharing, we're, partnering with Refugee Care Collective here because people are being sent to Portland because there is no place to go. And as a church, we want to be a welcoming people. So we've, we've decided locally here, what can we do to make a difference in housing in terms of what do we do when people come here and don't have a place? Well, we want to partner with organizations helping get people settled and project homelessness because there are people, young and old, For all sorts of reasons, who who don't have a consistent safe place to call home. And so are these all the things that can be done? No. We're, We're moving forward. I'm sharing this today because in your community groups, we're inviting you to partner with one of these two opportunities, with Refugee Care Collective or Project Homelessness, in the next seven weeks and just do something. There are very practical things. You could be putting together a kit for someone who comes in and is in need. It could be a few volunteer hours. It could be some sort of promotional drive. Some of them don't require a lot of energy, but what we're saying is do something, and rather than everyone doing something random, wouldn't it be cool if all of our groups focused on this area of people need a space, a space to live and a space to thrive? Okay, so welcome home. All right, that's, that's what the, this is a little bit of what it means for us as a church. Is this what every church does? No, but I want you to know what our church is doing. We wanna follow Jesus together he inconvenienced himself for the good of others so we want to live as a people who inconvenience ourselves challenge ourselves go the extra mile ourselves to be like Jesus we want to love one another community groups and other ways are our places of connection if you don't have a, a meaningful network of relationships here don't run away give it time you say, well, it's really hard. I'm, I'm struggling. Look, we're all wearing masks. We don't even know who each other are. It, it takes time. Um, I can't do the community groups this time, but what do I do? Join one of the serve teams. Meet a few people who consistently serve within this church. and Give time for friendships. Give time for people. And at the same token, let's not neglect the big picture. The big picture is everyone needs to hear about Jesus often, and we want to be about that and we don't want to be about that, hey, I'll support it and you do the work. No, we want to grow and over the next year, God is so good. He's just, he's given me just some nuances, some small tweaks that we can make to help you feel more confident and courageous in sharing what you believe about Jesus. More on that to come. So if that frightens you, good, just hang, hang in there. God is not the God of fear. He can actually use you in ways that are natural Now, I want to be clear, I I shared a lot about what we're doing, but you shouldn't do everything. (laughs) Breathe deep. Every problem is not our problem, and so as a church, we're not trying to do everything, and we know that one local church can't meet the needs of everyone, but we must, and hear me, we must do our part. And when I say we, I don't mean me and our elder team and our staff team, I mean collective We, we need to do our part. And here's the promise, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, forever, the spirit of truth. What's the fruit bearing? Fruit bearing is the power of God's presence in our lives gives us the ability to continue what Jesus was doing. That's the fruit bearing. The power of God's presence, God's Holy Spirit, gives you the ability to continue what Jesus is doing. What was Jesus doing? He went about from town to town and village to village. He didn't stay in one place. He went where people were. You can too. Whether that's at work or in the neighborhood, you could get beyond your own comfort zone and move out to where people who are far from Jesus are. And Jesus went about teaching in their synagogues. He, He shared with people what he knew about the Father, And you know what? You know more than you think. There are things that you have encountered. You know to be right and true. And you could be someone who's out there in the community in natural ways, simply sharing what Jesus has been showing you. Jesus went and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. You know what the good news was? God has come in Jesus to set people free. And so you could be the person who's like, man, it's not just about knowing something and not about facts and and figures, and it's about experiencing God's reality in your life. And when Jesus showed up, people's actual lives were changed. And you know what? Church ought to be the place where it's like, you know what? You can have all sorts of whatever, and because of the love of God in Jesus, it can actually change and God's presence can become real in your life, I'm not saying quick fix, I'm not saying you don't have struggle, but the presence of Jesus, man, if it's making no difference, why are we following him? Why are we following him? No, he is transforming us. And so Jesus taught and then invited. He proclaimed, you're invited in. And Jesus went about healing every disease and sickness There's nothing that Jesus can't step in and change. And we want to be a safe place for people to come with anything and experience. But Jesus does this, and Jesus said, it's going to happen in greater ways through you, collectively together, because the advocate, the spirit of truth, has come. Now, when he said this, the Holy Spirit had not been given to God's people yet. But now when we look at history, just read Acts 1 and 2, and like I said before, in January, we're going to spend a few months laying out an understanding of what happened when Jesus said, I will send my spirit, the spirit of truth, into your life. I think some of us, we hear it, we like, Whoa, crickets, I don't even know what that means. We want to spend a few months really thinking through the implications of you being empowered by the spirit. So Jesus wants to do this. So it's time, I think, for us to lift our vision. I'm calling you out. Uh, vine, branches, fruit. Fruit is that whatever Jesus was doing, he's now doing through us. But we cannot bear fruit unless we're abiding, resting, residing, connected to Jesus, hear me, together. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out, I'm so grateful. For those of you who are in this room and are connecting online right now, I'm so grateful that you've chosen to say, you know what, I want to be a part of whatever Jesus is doing in our world, and I, 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 I am a part of that too. And now I'm calling you to press in. Uh, over 18 months to two years, I think what's happened subtly, but it's happened, is we've deprioritized the, the Jesus community. Partly because we didn't see each other forever. Now we're seeing each other in limited, restrictive ways. And with that, everything else fills a void. Voids are not left unfilled. So it's been filled with other things. And I'm just saying in Jesus' name, if you want to be fruitful in your life, connect to the Jesus people. And if this is the place to do it, you are more than welcome, and our arms are open, and we would love for you to be an active part of what God's doing, but resist the temptation to make it a spectator sport. This is the season for us to say, if Jesus said, we're going to produce this this fruitfulness, people are going to know about him because Jesus taught, now we teach. And people are going to experience the reality of his presence because Jesus proclaimed the kingdom and wherever he was, something happened. And we're going to see that happen. And Jesus went about healing and and, and taking care of disease and sickness, and, and, and if that's some of the literal stuff, like there are people in our community who are from another country, and they feel the love of Jesus because of 26 West people, I say, well done! If there are people without a consistent home to sleep in are somehow in a better shape because of our work together, well done! If people who don't even know how much Jesus loves them know because of our presence in their life, I say, Well done. How are we doing in that passion to pursue Jesus in word and in action? How how are we doing? How are are you doing in that? That's where we want to land. Next week, uh, if you'd like to prep, if you're into that, I would encourage you to read the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, some of it is a list of names that will put you to sleep. I'll admit it. But Ezra and Nehemiah tell a story one united story. In, in English Bibles, it's two books. In, in the Hebrew Bible, it's one book. One story of what happens when God's people go from a broken, horrible place and are brought back into a city where God's presence is gonna dwell. It is, it is a thrilling story of what God can do when people band together together under God's name and follow God's ways. So we're going to be looking in our series called Emerge Brighter. We're going to be looking at Ezra and Nehemiah. Prepare yourself for that. But how are you doing in that passion? If not, let's ask and invite the Holy Spirit to renew and rekindle or for the first time give us a passion for him and to bear fruit, to produce the same things that Jesus was doing, produce that even through us. I've been encouraged in a very, this is going to sound like a scourging way, but COVID taught me one thing. It is possible for the world to unite around something. I don't know if you've realized it. Never in our history, probably in the history of the world, have people come together to try and find a solution for a common problem. Billions, if not trillions, the greatest of the greatest who normally don't share data are sharing data to try to come up with solutions. And this is not a plug about the vaccine or vaccines or anything else. My point is the world is united around the common problem of how do we stop the spread. So it's possible in a really short time for people to unite around something that matters. And I'm just here to remind you, my friend, life with Jesus matters. And what's really more telling is life without Jesus matters. And if we don't realize and remember that to be apart from the love of Jesus is to be in a terrible place, then we're not going to go all in to help bring a solution that we don't think is even necessary. And so I'm praying for us, my friend, that God would light a passion inside of us and we would see that the solution to all that we need is found in the person of Jesus, And if we believe that, that we would come together with all of our differences and we would look for common ways to bless people in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about going out and being mean to people. I'm saying if Jesus has changed our life, wouldn't I want someone else to experience that life change too? And what would it look like if in increasing ways, we as a church in love and humility became the most welcoming people in our city? I'm telling you, there will be people one year from now sitting where you're seated because of your love and sacrifice who found a home in God. Man, I can't wait to meet them. But it's gonna take all of us going all in, so we're asking for more of God's presence to realign our minds and hearts to the way of Jesus so that we can bear fruit. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna respond with, with singing, but I want us to... Begin our response with communion. If you're seated here, if you're at home, I'm going to invite you to grab a piece of bread or a cracker and grab that juice because these are not just throwaways. These are important symbols. Jesus said, because I'm in you and you're in me, you will bear much fruit. If you don't have uh, communion, you just slip out to the back and on the Get Connected table. They're there if you missed it when you walked in. And, and even stay seated for, for this if you would. If you just open the bread side, and we want to take this together as our, our gift that's been given by Jesus together. He said on the night that he was about to be betrayed, he gathered his disciples together and said, whenever you get together in my name, take the, the bread. Do this. Remember that Jesus is the one uniquely that gave his life so that we would live. And so, because if you belong to Jesus and you've expressed faith in him, if you know that you've sinned and fallen short of God's wonderful perfection, but you recognize that you can't make your way, buy your way, earn your way back, but that God in his love demonstrated on the cross, he died to pay for my sin and yours in full, and he rose again, showing himself to be who he is, the son of God. And now he's seated on the right hand of God, the father. He is ruling and reigning, and he promised to return. And while that time in between, he's preparing a place for us. If you say, Jesus, I am a sinner, rescue me, he will do that. And we remember that that, trust in him, unites us to the vine. And we take it together because we remember we're not the only branch. We've been united in Jesus together. So, Lord... We as your children come and we say, thank you. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. And thank you for the promise to make our lives fruitful because of you. By faith, Jesus, we're going to eat. And today we're gonna remind ourselves that it is you and us and we and you that makes the difference. Let's eat together. Thank you, Lord, for your body broken for us. And in the same way, if you just turn it over, on the same night that he was betrayed, he took the cup, and he said, this is the new agreement which is in me. It's in my blood. And and we remembered it's because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we are washed and made new. It's because of the love of Jesus Christ that we're filled again and again. So we can actually do this. It's not impossible because God sent us the Holy Spirit we can now live the way of Jesus as forgiven sons and daughters of God. So I don't know where you're at, but maybe like me this week, you've, uh, you've done some disappointing things. Or well, you just avoided the right thing to do. And you need a fresh reminder that you're forgiven. Well, communion for us, friends, is that weekly reminder. The blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse your conscience from evil deeds so that you and I can serve the living God. Wow, what good news. Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. We drink and we remember you. We have these beautiful symbols to remind us that we're united in Christ. And now I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet and Ryan and Meredith are gonna guide us in worship as we sing. Um, as a reminder, for those of you who are watching online, you can ask for prayer at any moment. Those in the building, a friendly reminder, we have some people, men and women, that want to pray for you. If there's anything going on in your life, anything that you're walking through, don't walk through it alone, and all you need to do is during one of these songs, slip out of your seat, go to the right, towards your left, and a friend will be there to pray with you. Lord, we want to worship you in spirit and truth. Thank you that your presence is here as we gather in your name.